ladies and gentlemen. George Cambos has got beaten on the weekend. Yeah, Welcome back to the Loose Head Sports Show, the number one sports show on planet Earth, proudly brought to you each and every week by the terrible human being that runs Caffeine Gum Australia. While we're at it, while we've got your attention, while we've got your focus, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please follow us both on Instagram. And please send Jed Gillespie nudes. And also, please buy Caffeine Gum. Jed, how are you, sir? I have no issues with any of that. Um, yeah, I'm good, mate. I actually, I had a little bit of caffeine gum today um, after I finished my labouring work on the way to Barker, the beautiful school Barker. Um, got me going. I also tricked my uncle into taking a piece um, just after he'd had a coffee. So he went... Big caffeine like, guy or nah? No, I said, mate, you've got to try this gum. It's brand new. Oh, yeah, he is like coffee guy, but, you know, 57. He's not exactly having caffeine gum every day. And he went, fuck, it tastes a little bit different. And then he went off his rocket. So he's already, in, <laughs> already, already an out there character. Uh, he told me to go fuck myself after that. So it's a good we're day work. Pu- we're just pushing the brand. We're boosting the brand here. Yeah, exactly. I said, I have to do this. You never know where it will lead to. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm very excited. It's bye week, by the way. Fucking okay, nice. Long time coming, mate. Long time coming. Oh, mate. I'm just, I don't know what to feel like. We're, we still got training tomorrow night. Um, we're training with like, I think, the eight, I don't know whether it's New South Wales 18s or Eastwood 18s. We're training with some 18s, um, which will be cool. I'll obviously, nice. obviously make sure we go fucking absolutely live. Um, 20% full noise. scrums. Completely take apart their line out before, um, before <laughs> the state champs or whatever they've got coming up. Um, but yeah, so um, mate, the, uh, the big one, which obviously happened some point last week after you did the episode was... There's been some some stuff going on down at South. Um, we've chatted putting, about putting it, it mildly. <laughs> Put it mildly. We've ch- we've chatted about it privately and like not not everything, but just you know just basically. I don't know. I suppose I was just checking up, making sure you're all good. And um, the uh, so some some things you'll you'll you know want to share today. Some things you're going to sort of sit on for a little while. Um, for you know, I suppose intelligence reasons and some things are still playing out i believe um firstly you're one of very few people that has checked in so thank you very much for that and um i won't forget that um so that means a lot to me um secondly i'm expecting that there's going to be a lot of nervous people listening to this about what he might say so i'm not really going to say anything um there will be a response to what's gone on i yeah, I'm not even going to say how I feel about it, but there will be a response that goes that there will be a response to what's gone on on this podcast, but with respect to some very very good people who I love dearly, now's not the time. Yeah, does no, that, I, I, yeah, does I, that I, answer I, that? Yeah, it does. It does answer that. I mean, it's it's still very fresh. I'm sure there's still parts moving. And when I say I'm sure, I don't actually know. But I like it, like anything, you know, things take time. Um, and, yeah, I, like back to that first thing, by the way, it's like, like rugby is rugby, but I don't know. You got to check in on your mates but when things are going wrong. So, um, oh, look, there's been some interesting – I've learned a lot of things this year and uh, that's been one of them, who, you, who, who your real friends are. Um, yeah. I think you said you know. a few times it's who's in the shed after the losses. Um 
and yes. that's somewhat it, it drags over a little bit because I, I notice it as well. Um, you know, everywhere you go, there'll always be more people when you're on the up than when you're on the down. Um, it showed a lot of ticker um, to for us to go up and win on the weekend. Um, I mean, Hunter aren't blazing through the comp, but they're also a decent football side. So all things considered, and, you know, last week I'm sure was a little bit disrupted, to say the least. Um, it showed a fair bit of ticker for them to go up and, and win that game on the weekend. So credit to those guys um, who I'm sure at least some of them are listening. I think there'll be a few listening, but but mate, they're wonderful. They're wonderful guys, mate. They they work so fucking hard, and um, I want them. I want the absolute best for them. So you know, I, I they are the ones that got put into a difficult position. Um, n- not the coaches, not the board, not the management, none of that shit. It's them because they're the ones that do the work. So it's very nice to see the boys um, get a much deserved win and. Uh, you know, um, I'm hoping that it'll continue a, a role. Yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. Like when 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 there's collisions off field, which there always is. Like I know that there is at every club. To be honest, I'm sure there's one or two clubs that run really, really smoothly. But you know, there's always collisions between front of house and you know boards and coaches in, in terms of their different goals and what they think's right and what they think's wrong. But at the end of the day, it is the players who are the ones who take hits, whether that be, you know, I don't know, maybe the coach the, the coach that they like the most isn't there or maybe it'd be that there's pressure on them because they hear these things or like this isn't unique to South. Um, they're the ones at the end of the day who everything's built around. It's, it's, it's the success of those guys. Um, so that is that is one of the downsides of, any sort of rumblings like like you've been talking about. And um, again, that's why it's, it's a credit to them. Um, and no doubt the senior guys had a lot to do with it to go up and win um, win first grade and second grade on the weekend. So that was that was very, that was good to see. I was very happy to see that. I um, yeah, I agree. And the other thing um, I want to say is that I, I'm gonna actually, you know what? No, I'm not gonna say that. I, th- I think we've said enough there. I, d- I don't want to, you know, you could you could do a four-hour epic podcast series, um, you know, hours and hours epic series on some of the stuff that's transpired. And uh, now is not the right time because I want to I want to do it properly and make sure that I'm speaking factually and unemotionally. Yeah, no, no, and that was one of the first things you said, um, and it's something that. I like to think I would have done, but I don't know if I was in the exact same position I would have done. Oh, not easy to do. Not easy to do. No, I'll tell you that. You're, like you're a lot, you're a lot um, more thoughtful in that regard than I am. So I, I, yeah, I don't know what I would have done. It's it's very difficult to you know you've been at South for six, 18 years, eighteen years almost. Sixteen. Sixteen. This years. is season sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean I've been Eastwood since I was crawling so it's we're in similar boats in terms of what the clubs mean to us so again that's even more reason why i'm not sure what i would do so to i suppose to put a bow on it um or to 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 do the best we can for this week um at some stage potentially you'll have more to say Um, yeah we'll look 
Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> like to, to be honest, yes. I'm sort of torn between wanting to fucking just spit everything out, and um, and and you know, more importantly, I, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to ruin a place that I love dearly, and I do not want to make things any harder for the players and other people have already made it for them. So I think that's probably yeah. uh, where we'll so leave that, it. That's where, yeah. So it, putting a bow on that, there's there's things that for for lo, lo, the interests of numerous uh, stakeholders, you, as you said, that we're, it's not time to talk about. Um, and a time may come where they that is to be discussed. There'll, and that, and that there'll, point, be, there'll be a time. And I'll do it. And if, if people are interested... Not anyone. I'm not going to tell anyone. But if uh, people I give a fuck about are interested, just call me. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, uh, you, you go you go straight to the source. Um, but yeah, uh, if that, if that time arises, um, whether it be next week or the week after or whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, then I suppose um, we can have a slightly more direct and pointed conversation about certain aspects. Um, yeah, because I know that they're be a there'd be people with perceptions out there and you know it's you know they they can be addressed like you know yeah. if you're if you're on the ground level then those questions can be asked and answered um and you know things can yeah they, i mean I'm, I'm sure it'd be very interesting but I, like you said i think it's i think it's the right thing to do for now to to put a bow on that thing so i will let's let's wrap that up for this week um with sort of a TBC, um, but inevitably it was a it was a difficult week down south um, for yourself and for I'm sure for some other people as well. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure for the players. So you know, uh, not a week I'd wish on anyone, mate. To be honest, no, it's uh, you know, and, and and yeah, not a week I'd wish on anyone. But um, the Loosehead Sports Show is not necessarily about miserable things. No, uh, so let's talk about Eastwood's well, great game on the weekend. Well, we we were um, <laughs> we were we were beaten by Uni at Uni on the weekend. I will I'll bring a comical element straight in. Um, let's hope no one from the front office listens to this. Uh, <laughs> but we found out on Thursday that we'd be playing for a cup uh, I've never heard of. I think you saw it advertised. I saw that. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there. And I'm we're like we're finding out about it, and I'm going, fuck! I've been here like 20 years. I've never heard of this cup before. So, like all, I don't know. Like people tend to do, a cup was created out of nowhere. Some poor lady got dragged from fucking the middle of the bush to come present it, um, and we had a minute silence before the game. So, what was the minute silence for? It was for a player uh, who the shoot shield's named after. Uh, who who died after a tackle uh, 100 years ago to the day? So, cool. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? Just on that, you know when you play for like, sorry, that's not funny. The fact that a guy died with a tackle—it's a poor choice of words. I have been drinking, but what is funny is you know how uh, there's they make trophies between clubs. I think oh, South yeah. have like the Surf Club. No one the, knows the beats his trophy, and all the coaches will try and make like a big deal out of the fact that you're winning some silverware. But as a player, you don't really give a fuck. You want to no win idea, anyway. Man. No idea. Yeah. The, look, the only one that I do like to get when it's on offer is the Roden Cutler. 
Um, yes, for sure. That's a good one. That's a that's a historical one. I'll tell you what shits me, and I, I will get back to my original rant. But anyway, look, I found it quite funny in in a way that it was sort of the first time that it'd been addressed and it taken 100 years. Like that, that in itself <laughs> yeah. was sort of a little bit funny. Um, yeah. As you said, the incident's not funny. The story behind it's actually quite interesting, but it was just, you know, 100 years later and they're like, now's the time. Let's tick it. Let's tick that box, you know. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you what shits me and I don't know whether you've been in the situation where you are playing someone away and you beat them for the Roden Cutler Shield and they don't have it on them. No, we we had every time we won it, we didn't win it that much, but they had it. No, so, so we've been in at, at clubs who you know, I won't shout out because to be honest, it's probably got nothing to do with the first grade side or their management, but their their office are like whether they're like, nah, we'll be right today, or nah, we'll we'll send it to you during the week. The arrogance of it, the arrogance, bring the <laughs> fucking trophy to oh, the game. 100%. Like, it's very annoying. Um, so. <laughs> That's just a little by the by. Um, so, yeah, we were out at uni on the weekend. I've got to say it wasn't a great start to the day. Um, there was a there was a bit of a bust up in fours um, over some alleged racist taunts, uh, which wasn't really – I mean, again, they're alleged. But, yeah, it wasn't very good. Um, so – we had a guy uh, get sent, not our team, but a team our lower graders were playing against. The guy got sent off for like calling someone a ranger or something. Yeah. Okay. So I've been meaning to, I've been wanting to address this for a while. I, I think there's, I think the, the the law. I read it the other day, and it's very very broad, right? But I think he uses sort of the which they do at times of time in law, like the reasonable person test of, well, you know, what's offensive, what isn't offensive. I think making remarks based on someone's skin color at this in this incident was it was like a throwback to Andrew Simons and that someone was called a monkey during the losing of a game. It's I, for me that doesn't pass for me that passes the test of what's probably not play on. It's um, stupid. It's fucking. It it, it, yeah. it it's just dumb. I don't understand it. And a good friend of mine, an older guy, he. Is related to that to the Polynesian guy who said, um, and that Polynesian guy can trust me; he can carry himself well. But um, the guy, the my mate, went over and planted a left on the bloke. And to be honest, I'm you know I'm sure it's the right thing for me to say. Like you know, we don't I don't condone violence. Look, if that if what happened, what allegedly happened, did happen, then I'll stand behind him. I got no issues with it, that guy copping a left, um, and that's. That's, that's what happens in the real world. So, you know, if he has to sit out a couple of weeks, I don't really care. Because it's if, if again, I don't know if it did happen or not, but if it did happen, then I stand behind it. I've got no issues with that. Racism is so stupid. I, it may, it, it, the, like, the, hate someone for what they do, not for what they look like. 100%. You know? There's so many things you can say on a rugby field, because I've said 97% of them that are like pretty funny but also can annoy someone without like I don't know I always think we're at a point in society where like racism in that context just I always think it doesn't exist because it doesn't exist to me or in my circle but I suppose it does and it's fucking it's so it's just so unnecessary particularly in a 
like a fourth grade game where uni will win it comfortably. So again, I don't know if it did happen. If it did happen, then um, I just would tell that fella, who I'm not going to name, um, probably stick to that side of Victoria Road. Um, stay away from Stay away I almost from. feel sorry for him a little bit, the ignorance of it. Like, well, one of the few things that I've done well in my life, and it was all by accident, I was grew up in Hong Kong. So I had like friends from Mauritius, friends from Nepal, and I didn't have a concept of racism until I moved back to Coffs Harbour when I was nine. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was, I, I feel lucky for that, but I, I can understand. Well, I can't understand it. Oh, I can't, can't understand, understand it at all. But uh, no. yeah, so stay to that bloke. You probably won't hear this, but someone might know. Um, don't go to MVP nightclub. Don't come to sort of this side of Eastwood or Carlingford. Um, and Where's MVP go? It goes fucking hard, but just don't go there. To that guy, stick to the sheaf, and we should be fine. Um, you want to go? You want to go there next weekend? I don't know. I, not really. I want to rest. Um, look, it was actually a bizarre game for us. Um, we had all the possession, Uni made 230 tackles. So they oh. were similar against similar when we played them. There was like yeah. a huge amount of tackles. Look, they don't play with the ball, um, which is we all know. Um, the young, young Robertson is a very good nine and he's a very good kicking nine. Um, and then they backed their defense. So we just lacked that finishing touch, to be honest. And, um, you know, it was costly. I, uh, we really we did miss. I think the guys who stepped up had a fucking real go, but we lost our 10, 12, 15 within sort of two days. Um, and you know, I think these days, you know, we're lucky and we've got enough depth where we can lose one, uh, we can lose two even. But when we lost three of them, it, start, it starts hurting, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a different you're on a different had, we, had Wayne play, had Wayne play, Wayne, Wayne Borzak. He's favorite player, favorite player in the well, shit shield. I was going to bring him up later, but you cannot, you fucking cannot pay for experience. I don't know where it's, it doesn't really matter. Like Wayne hasn't played super rugby, but he's played so much football that he brings like a calming energy to games. You know, like he knows, he knows how people play. He knows how, what to do, what not to do. Um, and things don't phase you when you get older, but he also, he brings that to the team. So, He's um, a fucking fantastic asset. I'm so happy we have him. Um, and he was good, yeah. He, he, he was good, man. He actually had a really good game, so. Big fan of that guy. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him as well. So, um, look, it was a good win from uni. They play undoubtedly, and this is not offensively to uni people because I don't mind it at all. In fact, if I, if I had a different style of team, I'd play it. They play a very boring brand of rugby, you know, more heavy, kick heavy, D heavy, but that's that's what higher levels of rugby is these days. So, not a lot of attack. You know, they score a lot of from counter, so they score two from counter and two effectively from intercepts. Um, so they take advantage of their chances, um, yeah. and that's what they're really good at. So there's actually some incredible statistics on uni and the way they score, and it's effectively all from transitions. But um. Shout out to uh, Jack McCowman, the skipper there. I caught up with him. No, he went to my, the same school as me, a couple of years under me. But it's sort of good to see him uh, getting his flowers a little bit. Uh, it's tough at uni. Like, you know, even three or four years ago, Chubby, when they plays bounce around so much between grades, you know. And like yeah. Jack could have played 
90% of the 80% of the season in first grade and finished in twos. So it's cool. I'm just glad that he's sort of, you know, captain of first grade now and he's getting, getting his flowers a little bit. Uh, you know, that makes me happy. Um, the ref go. Uh, yeah, he's pretty good. No, he was good. We had, I don't think I have any qualms really. Um, I'll tell you what's a, a funny rule that only gets enforced sometimes, and I don't have an issue with it, but every coach and player, I'm sure, will know what I'm talking about, is off your feet at the ruck. Yeah, they've, <laughs> they, they've been hammering that this year. I know they've been hammering it this year, right? And we got done once on the weekend. And yeah, he was off his feet. He was cleaning someone out, but that's fine. But like, if you go every ruck of the game, 70 there's something. Yeah. 70% of them are off feet. Yeah. So it's it's one of those ones where I, I do feel that even if you are guilty of it, you are unlucky if it gets caught against you because almost all of the rucks in a game, someone will be off their feet. Almost all of them. Like the, I know I always use this example, but pick and drives. Like, oh my goodness. Like, oh, yeah. So I know they're cracking down on it um, and uh, it's altered the way we train. You know, you've got to pop up and things like that. But I do. St- I still feel that even when you're guilty, you're unlucky because it'll only get called once, twice a game, and it probably happens sixty times a game. Yeah, a, a lot, a lot. Fifty. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So well done to you. It was it, it was a good win. Disappointing going into the buy, but uh, they got Manly the week after the buy. So inevitably, one of those two will sm- smack themselves down a spot. Um, around the grounds, rats. Did you see the end of the rats game? I was a little checked out in the weekend. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, the rats, the, I don't know, I think it was uh, Willett. He hit a long-range penalty for the win against West. So, I suppose, shout out, well done to West for being in the fight. Fucking um, nice. Fuck, rats, rats have been a little bit inconsistent this year. They've really, for me, I've watched some of their games and they've looked fantastic. And then other games have just not gone their way. Um, East ran out sort of big winners on Gordon. So, That's interesting to me. That is interesting to me as well. I haven't watched the game. I was a little bit, not checked out, but I was a little bit like, oh, fuck, bye week. I'm going to do my review and relax. So yeah. I'll probably watch less than I do usually. Um, so I can't completely carry this segment like I usually do. Um, <laughs> but, Maybe I could I could probably have the time to start reviewing every game now. Well, we'll just make it a nine-hour podcast and you just yeah. go minute, minute by minute. Tackle, <laughs> one, tackle. So yeah, um, at this scrum, he should have done that. So that's an interesting one for um, for Gordon. It's probably one that they needed. Um, and I wonder how where those points came from. I mean, they do have some dynamic players east, like they do. Uh, they do counter well, but Gordon uh, Gordon got a very good scrum and a very good set piece. So I, I, a pretty good line out. So I, yeah, I wonder where that happened. But they um, look. I wouldn't be surprised if Gordon had a run in the second half of the season. I really wouldn't. They've done that before. Um, two years ago, they had a really good run and just missed out. But I suppose pressure has been mounting a little bit in reality. Can I tell you something I've enjoyed? Yes. The Waratahs Mad Monday. Hold on. I'm, that's on the thing. Are you going to get to it? Yeah, oh. I've got to do these quickly then. I'm only three. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Randwick North had a 44-all draw, which is incredible shootout. <laughs> well, what's that gap? Yeah, I mean, I, fuck me. Oh, that's just ridiculous. Um, Hunter went down to South 24-31, so probably a tough game. 
Manly held off the two Blues, who I believe were up 12-0 or something, 29-22. And then Uni beat East with 31-20. So, um, it's a good comp. It's a fucking yeah, good comp. I, I, but for me, only one result really went the way I didn't think it would go. I probably thought Gordon would beat East. The rest sort of fall the right way, but with interesting scores. Um, uh, apart from Eastwood and Uni, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course, of um, course. Yeah, with the with the Tars, obviously they bounced out. The first, the I'm a when I say fair weather watcher, I watch what I can. But I'm if I'm not there for all eighty, you'll have to forgive me the whole way. Um, Will Harris had showed some fucking wheels, which blew my blew me away. Real real wheels. Um, but what you want to talk about mainly is them now getting on the piss for a couple of days, and you've obviously been enjoying that. That's the only thing I. That's the only thing I care about. Um, do you know what I love about DC? He just put some Facebook post up about he was like the last man standing, and you know, so it's good to see them having fun. Yeah, I saw a video of um, HJH and Jamie Roberts singing at some pub. Yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah, Holloway's dressed as Harry Potter, doing some little spell with his daughter, and you know, that's the reason you play footy is those kind of things, man. And it's it's uh, it's just nice to see the boys enjoying themselves. And enjoying each other, and um, you know, I think rugby's well and truly turned around at the Waratahs. Yeah, I think like I know you never want to, you never be happy losing, but they should be proud of where they got to, and I'm sure they got a lot of support back this year. Um, I also saw Holloway with his wand out today, and um, a, a video of a very dusty looking Tane Tane Edmed um, on the way to the boat. So I think there's, there'll be some very sorry soldiers. Uh, come sort of probably tomorrow, really. You reckon the boys will get in Wallabies or Australia, eh? Those two. Oh, here's the thing. Uh, that's also on my list. But it'll we, be one of the two. It'll be one of the two. Let's mix the list. Let's mix yeah. my list up. So, firstly, I've got to go back quickly. Actually, no, let's hit that. I have no fucking idea who's going to be in this Australia 18. If you logically sat down, you could probably figure out roughly who's going to be in the Wallabies. Um, I don't know if Tane will be in the Wallabies. Depends how big their squad is. I don't know. Um, but you'd have to think he'd be in the 18. Because you're probably three, four or five tens deep by that point. Well, I, I, if they're not in the Wallabies, they'll both be in the 18, in my view. Correct. Now, do, do you do you think there's any merit to having an 18? Because um, I've heard of rumours to why people think they're doing it. Why? I like rumours. I've, I've heard, heard of plenty of rumours. To, to cap everyone. Ah, uh, that's fucking cheeky. Look, after some of the things I've seen in the last couple of weeks, well, I think that's probably might possible. Just expand on that for those who don't know what I'm talking about. If once you play an international, so if you've played for Australian Sevens in a sanctioned tournament, or you were to play for Australia A in a sanctioned tournament, <laughs> you now become Australian internationally cap, which changes the way you could potentially go overseas in the future. Probably inhibits that. Um, unless you're very, very, very good. So say you only ever play two Australia A games, um, you've probably cut off your chances uh, probably in Japan um, or you've hurt yourself in terms of exporting yourself. So it would be very smart for Australia to go and cap, you know, an extra 35 guys. It's just 35 guys that are going to struggle to get overseas. I guarantee you it'll be guys that are uncapped if that's the if that's the, that's the yeah, so, but that's my question. So uh, with the A team, I'm I'm very much waiting to see whether it's 
genuine next cabs off the rank and you have Wallabies in there who were previously Wallabies but have probably fallen to third string, you know, like, like you know, say Ned Haddingen coming back from injury. Like, used to be in the Wallaby squad. He's been had a tumultuous year. Like, you know, is he in the A team or are they picking I'm sure, he, I'm sure he would be. Yeah, but or do they go like you said and they're like – you know, <laughs> full uncapped, full yes. uncapped players so like you know, Langy Gleason's and uh, like th- those guys of the world who are you know still only playing limited minutes, but it's like, fuck me, we're gonna need them eventually. Let's cap them up. Mm. I like it. I oh, made I like I like Devious plots. I don't mind Devious plots. I think that's very smart. I think it's it uh, another question that we got this week is about super rugby returning players, it massively inhibits the return of. A fuckload of super to players. shoot shield, fucking that'll they'll have big ramifications for shoot shield. Ram- so if you yeah. if you were a club relying heavily on, and I mean, fuck me, like I'm not gonna lie, like we, it'd be nice to see Mark Nongarasi back and Tane, and but like I would think that both of those guys are going to be tied up in the AE probably. I hope you know bias declared as I always do. I hope Tane's in the fucking Wallabies, but realistically, if you if he's in the A team, you know that's still another month or whatever the fuck that we don't get him. Um, and that's time multiply that by fucking 12 because that's where most clubs are going to be feeling the pinch as well. Absolutely. Like Jed, Jed will get him one of those. So he's gone. I think um, he'll be in the Wallabies. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, hopefully we don't put the curse on him. But yeah, there'll be other clubs. Uh, hopefully some East guys get in that. Uni guys. There's not that many. There's not that many uni guys. Uh, the, most of the uni. So. To answer the question of what the what the uh, one of our listeners asked was, you know, talk about the guys coming back, the super guys who we may see. Realistically, I think you'll see immediately the guys who you've already been seeing. So for the most part, the guys who you have you who've had some spells, you'll see them again immediately. If yeah. you haven't seen them back, really, there's a pretty good chance, particularly from the New South Wales perspective, that they'll be tied up in the A program. Like, yeah. Like you'll see, you'll see guys like Jack Grant come straight back. Yeah, so the guys who play, like like Jeremy Williams, um, you know, I don't know about Langy, but like, um, I don't know Ruan, like, like guys who've played, guys like that. Yeah, like they'll be back, but the other guys, I don't know. I think you also never know. They could pick a fucking forty-five man squad for the East. I don't know. They could. Idea, but it's going to have massive ramifications on the shoot shield. And if you were, if you were hedging your whole season on those guys returning, you wouldn't be that stoked at the moment. Who do you reckon hedging this season on it? Ace. Oh, I don't think that. Like when I say hedging your season, like going fuck, we'll, like we'll be absolutely. So I don't know whether that's what they think. I like inevitably their team gets significantly better if they get those guys back. That's not a shot against them, but I mean it sort of has made retrospectively your off-season recruiting of non-professionals kind of more important than you thought it was going to be, I think. Mm. So, for instance, you know, Para with their guys, with their squadron from England, you know, that's that then becomes a better recruitment strategy because they'll be available when, you know, we thought, you know, we'd have five guys back this week from the Tars. It turns out they were going to be another month. Yeah. Yep. So, um Tying, tying into that, you're talking about Mad Mondays. Um, we did have a question from a big fan of the show and I, I'm a big fan of the person um, about 
What James? No, think Mel- Melbourne Rebels uh, legendary tight head. One of the, the handsomest, well, currently the handsomest scrum coach in Shoot Shield rugby. And the most ripped. And he's got the coolest tattoos. And I've got lots of tattoos. So that's, that's... And he lifts more weights now than when he was playing. It's unreal. Yeah, so he, he asked, uh, what, what what's the best Mad Monday experience you've had? So Yes. You want to go first? I, I need to think about this one. Yeah. Well, look, you're, ultimately you're going to have crazier and better stories than I do. But I, the best, look, the best one on paper with no other context was definitely Melbourne. Like it was just insane. I, I'd never seen anything quite like it. Uh, there was an article about the players kissing each other in the paper at a local bar. Um, impress, I remember that. Yeah. Impress women. Um, if the if the rebels had been any more popular than they are, we'd probably have got reprimanded for it, but no one did. Any um, publicity is good publicity, baby. Hundred percent. Just uh, just literal debauchery, and the boys just went for three. I just never seen anything. Right, what's like happened? Yeah, got you. Yeah, I got I just, you. I, got you. I just never seen anything like it. Like three days and of just 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 a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun, um, and particularly after like you train really fucking hard, like a lot harder than you do at Shoot Shield and you live on top of each other. Um, it was just really fun to sort of cut sick. Um, and But the, I suppose my favourite Mad Monday, it's probably after winning the grand, one of the grand finals, you know, just because nothing, like the hangovers, you don't you don't really feel them, you know. Not as bad. No, nah, not as bad. And there's just, I don't know, for me, it was a big sense of relief. I was always worried about, winning one. So when I got to win one, you know, I had fucking 40 people back to my family home. Roachie was dri- driving was golf good. balls off the fucking front lawn into the neighbor's houses. He then spilled yogurt on my pool table, had to be recut, refiltered. Um, it was just people who I barely knew sort of sleeping around. So look, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, but what, what, what about you? What about you? I got I, I got some, some that stick in my mind. After the Country Eagles inaugural season i remember going out all night in bondi waking up on someone's couch and then going to dave horwitz mansion in vaucluse and um great bloke you know, and great house uh, you, you, you want to know how the other half live obviously this is how you live but just having that having that day there it was fucking awesome there was no nothing particularly stood out for me but just that whole experience um there was the grand final so that same year when south lost to eastwood in the grand final uh, obviously, South was uh, f- fond of a drink, particularly that team. And I did not sleep for two days. And I remember getting to the Monday and going, fuck, I need to go to Country Eagles training. Like literally the Monday after the grand final. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going. There's no way. So I was messaging Darren Coleman, who was the Eagles coach at the time, going, DC, mate, I'm fucked. I- I'm not coming in today. I'm coming in tomorrow. And he, <laughs> I wish I still had the message, but I've, Changed phones about three times since then. And he goes to me, he was going off at me. He goes, and all by a text, all by a text as well. He goes, Mick Snowden just won a grand final, partied for two days, and he's already here. Get your fucking ass in here now. <laughs> yeah. Well, Snowy did party, but he's probably not a party animal, as it were, um, as he had other priorities, like a life and a, a spouse and things like that. Um, not that you don't have them, Chubby. Um, but but he, I don't think he had a kid at the time. But the, the, the other one I remember is me and Mitch being the last two people on a South Mad Monday 
I think we're, a, we're on. What a fucking surprise that is! A surprise duo. Just sitting in his his house in um, Alawa near Hurstville, just drinking and watching like TV all day, Canadian clubs because that's all we could stomach. And then um, I think he ended up going to the city that night, and I couldn't make it. So <laughs> that's where it gets to that point where it's like the guys who are genuinely party animals, like with no pre workout, they they're still out there just heaving. And oh, they're built different. Those people are built different. There's a story, a famous story from Eastwood from the 2011 um, grand final. Um, and we had the Colts grand final the next day that Pierre Holler just left the house on Saturday for the game and he didn't come home for a week. And he just he just got a hotel in the city and he just was in the city for a week. So he's just like that old thing, dad went out for milk and he just didn't come back for a week. So, actually, we actually we had a really good one in 2010, I think, and it was when Radiki Samo was playing. Oh, we had uh, Sida Tamani, Kane I'll Douglas. Be, yeah, go because I'm gonna. I got, I got another Radiki. Go, go, go. Right, Radiki, Radiki was in Canberra when he was at the Brumbies, and he told his missus he was gonna go. He was taking the garbage out, and yeah, he's taking. Yeah, that's the story. And, and he's yeah. he's got his going out clothes in the bat in the garbage bag. Got dressed and then went out and partied with the boys for two days. Yeah, he, uh, Radiki was. He is a fucking legend of a bloke. So he got signed when I was down south. He was 39 um, and I was fucking 22 and we are both not playing. So I spent a lot of time drinking coffees with him. And I'm sure I've said this before, but when there'd be a contract duel, they'd be like, right, guys, let's go, Radiki. And he'd just go, nah. And it's just like, okay, Radiki's out. Everyone else, contact duel. And so he... I can confirm on that Mad Monday as well. Went absolutely. He brought three or four of his Fijian friends um, to <laughs> my house, and they stayed in my backyard for two days. Um, See, there were my so, so many things just keep popping into the brain. And he I, was, I remember, he went a well. He he was fucking phenomenal. But same thing. You're like you wake. I'm trying to get some sleep. I'm I'm like spooning Sam Jeffries, like <laughs> Bryce Hegarty maybe, and I'm thinking, fuck, like I just cannot open my eyes. And I just hear like, Jerry, get up. Get up, mate. You're going back to the woody soon. Get up. That's ridiculous. Fucking with a schooner at 7 a.m. I'm like, oh, no. Can't say no to that, though. You can't say no to that. You can. How often does that happen in your life? No, I, I can't. And I, don't, I thank Radiki for those memories now. Mate, I, I remember, might have been 2012, something like that. Um, but the Monday. So we've, we've uh, gone out on the Saturday, gone all day Sunday. We're back to the club on the Monday. It's like 9.30 in the morning. Oh, fuck. Stories just keep coming into my brain. We, you know you know the benches behind – you know the reserves benches at South, how there's like a wooden table behind them? Yeah. Like connected to them. So we've gone in and Lepetti Tamani is dancing, wearing just like underwear. Can party, bro. Can party. Drinking bottles, two hands, literally just going uh, all on his own. Can <laughs> totally party. Totally on his own. There's a, a so that was that's a memory and there was a, there's another one with a, a current Super Rugby Academy head coach, um, who's when you meet him he's the not the quietest nicest guy, you punch five beers into him he is a complete fucking nutbag. We we used to have these bikes in the gym and uh, he's he's either there at seven in the morning the next day doing the Tour de France while he's drinking goon in his um you know, the, the water things that they connect to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's drinking goon and then he ends up passing out later that night. We could be ruining a lot of people's careers here, but ends oh, up passing out three, four in the afternoon after trying to wrestle guys like Jed Holloway, Sean Doyle, 
yeah. and they they chuck him in the back of his ute and he fucking sleeps there all night, gets up and drives home. Oh, gee whiz. No RBTs down. This is one of the co- this is one of the coaches. No, he all he slept all night. Yeah, well, okay, he should be fine then. Um we actually for that Melbourne, yeah, things just pop in when you start talking about this shit. For that Melbourne silly <laughs> Sunday on the <laughs> the the theme was Fords had to come as low income earners and backs came as high income earners. So it's a good thing. I went as myself. So I wore full kit, full kit Rebels pl- training kit, including shorts. Um, sorry, including boots. Income um, earners. <laughs> from Scott Higginbotham. Thank you, Higgins. And he, so I was wearing these boots um, and then I wore my bib. Like, you know, like, because I was obviously never in the starting team, always wearing a bib. So I had my bib on. And so we're just charging around like clubs, nightclubs. I've got boots on, my bib on. Um, but the story of the day was Luke Jones, um, who's a great bloke, very funny bloke. Um, we're in the change rooms and like just after a session and he, he calls his dad up and he's just like, sort of, you pay attention, but you're not paying attention. He's like, dad, dad on, can I borrow your fireman's outfit? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I suppose. He's like, I need it for Mad Monday. I'm going as low income earner and I, I just need it. Appreciate it, mate. And like, we're all just like, just oh, like it's normal. Yeah, that's a bit of a stab, Jonesy. Like, poor bloke. I'm sure he earns a great living. But he- I remember when we went to Perth the year I played the Rising. We're, we're at Perth Airport. Well, actually, I think it was both ways. Luke's gone into the Qantas Lounge and um, got an upgrade so that he wasn't sitting in. You know, and then didn't uh, didn't tell any of the players, but was just on his own in, in the Qantas lounge. But he's a, he was a lovely guy. I was surprised by him because you get this perception of guys when you play against them, mm. and then when you when you actually get to meet them, I, I was like, he was one of the ones that I liked the most. Yeah, I was lucky in that I had a few guys who were his age, like Cam Mitchell, um, who were that age sort of NTS. So I'd met him once or twice before him, and he, he's just a really nice guy. So there's there's not much more I can say about him. I mean, he lives a Fucking great life now. Great life. Great life. Great life. Whenever I feel miserable, I go and look at his page. I'm like, oh, yeah, my life does That something. makes you – I wouldn't know. you, know, you got to look <laughs> better than that. Um, so shout out to Weeksy for, the, for that because that brought us great enjoyment, that whole conversation. Um, this one is from uh, a friend of mine, but I can only weigh in it to it theoretically, Chubby. Uh, how long do you have to be in a relationship until you can let your rig blow out? <laughs> Well, I was actually in half – I've never been in good shape, but I was in half decent shape when I met Kate. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, probably this, about three months later. <laughs> this, is why we, this is why we've come to you. So I know he's recently married. Uh, yeah. Former, like, very good footballer. So he's just wondering, you know, what he what's what are the key signs he should be looking for before really dropping the hammer on that? You know rig? what I think, Jed? Do you know what I on it's not what I do, but it's what I think. I think if that you are obliged to only uh make relations with one other human, you should probably try your best to look really good. That's not gonna yeah. sit well with him, but I that, but that that's what I think, but it's in reality it's not what I do. Okay. Well <laughs> so, so it seems fair, doesn't it? Like if you can only do one if you can only, uh, you know, eat Maccas at one restaurant, you want it to be a nice-looking restaurant, don't you? Or as nice a looking restaurant as possible. How often are you having Maccas? <laughs> Not often <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, there you go. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll throw an answer on that for you. Uh, I'm going to say from where you're at now, uh, the person who asked the question, probably six months. Uh, <laughs> so good luck in that next six. Hold it together. 
Fucking um, nice. Doing, we're doing God's work here. We are doing the Lord's work. Um, one of our uh, one of our listeners, will the US have a mass uprising, civil disobedience, or civil war within the next 30 years? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I don't I, look, I don't think there will be a civil war in the US in the next 30 years. I, what about the fuck with shooting kids the other day? Bro, that he needs that's where you I don't know, hit him with beanbags and give him the chair. He shouldn't be killed. He should be kept alive but tortured. Like being killed is taking him out of his misery, I, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. But like it's um the one thing I look, I, I don't know where I sit on the their whole guns thing like obviously the buyback works really well in Australia where basically all our guns are gone and we mm. don't have any dramas except now the kids all stab each other which is still shit but like probably less deadly um, if I'm boring you mate just let me know and I'll I don't know. It's, been a big, it's been a big week <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> uh, the yeah but the um, the interesting thing was that the, I didn't realise the like 50 of the the reason that they can't get background checks is the 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 house like so they can't uh, pass background background checks so i still think well i didn't realize it was to that extent where there was 50 senators preventing background checks from getting through the house you think you think you could probably settle at a happy medium and have background checks for people buying weapons wouldn't you but it's such yeah i agree I, you'd think background checks is incredibly reasonable but um, there's such a gun culture in America, isn't well, no, there? Like, they're just very polarized. They're very polarized. Like politics, you're you're either like that's a great example. So you're pro guns, which means anyone can have one. Fucking everyone gets one, or you're anti guns. No, they shouldn't exist. They're very very rarely do they have someone who's like, can we give a bit of give and take there? Mm. Um, but no, no, Nick O'Connor, I don't think that there will be a civil war in America. A civil war seems strange. It'd be interesting to see what happens if Donald Trump gets back in. I do, I do, for the sake of the world, I, I hope he doesn't. Um, I think for the, I, think I hope Ron, he does. I think Ron DeSantis will get in for the. You're right. Yeah. Okay, um, you pay, you're paying attention more than me, but I I would really like it if Donald Trump got back into office because I find him highly entertaining. Oh, and that's, I the, and that's the only only reason. Um, I got a, we got a question. We got some questions today. Yeah, they they were really good questions too. Um, Nate, can, it's a little bit of a hard one, so we're going to have to sort of shoot from the hip in a way. But yes. name a shoot shield fifteen to take on and beat the rebels. Oh. So it's it's a bit of a tough one in that it's hard to just go him 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 him. But I can certainly throw some people out who I think would form a decent squad. Um, so, like, yeah, that, I mean, I can I can fucking shoot some people. I, I just pulled up the shoot shield thing from this weekend. Um, you go. You yeah, go. I mean, I think I think realistically, like, if you're making a squad, I think your, your loose head is in it, Shoppy. Um, I think Rory O'Connor's in it. And... Um, I don't know whether I'm allowed to name my own players or not, but I I'd like, put Ed. I'd put Ed in there. Ed Craig. Bend. Yeah, yeah. I like shout out to Willie. I think if we're picking three of each, he might he he make the cut. Um, in terms of hookers, you know, realistically, you go for guys who have some sort of pro experience. So Ed guys probably like Summer Ed Craig. Yeah, guys like that. I'm trying to think. Maybe Dave Veyer if he's yeah. around. 
In I the think se- James, James hit Hildebrand, Cecil, you give him a go. Yeah, if he, is he, I think he might have buggered off. Oh, he's gone, um, has he? Tight ends, Connor Young, definitely make it. You know, probably can't beat them. Um, it depends whether I can pick task contracted guys. I don't really nah, know. But let's not let's not for the sake of this. Okay, well then, uh, second row, I think Hanaway from Norse is a, a, a fucking good footballer. Um, the fella from um, he, he was at East and now he's at Para. They're set. They're second row six. Yeah, he's a good player. He's, he's can't going, remember his name, but he's good. I think it's Kyo Kyo Kyoa. He's he's very good. I'm oh, a big fan of him. Shout out to that guy anyway. So he he definitely be in it. I think um, they just got some six foot eight guy from Sale Sharks. So yeah. I've never seen him play, but I'm assuming he's in it. <laughs> no, he, he's not in it at the moment. But um, then I think like I think uh, James Luff's pretty good play from Gordon in your sort of seven hole. Um, Langy Gleason. Langy Gleason, one hundred percent if he's available. Um, well, Brad Homopo's back. Brad Homopo. He's, he's decent. Yeah, he can play. Know. He can play the football. Um, yeah, you know, and you know, if we're talking shoot shield stalwarts and you know, Jack McCowan, um, the I think Nick Duffy's one hundred percent in it. He's a he, for me. He's a great footballer from North. He, you know, he's he's just a good footballer. I don't know what else to say really. Um, yeah, yeah. And if I can't pick Henry Robertson's a very good footballer as well, and so is Teddy Wilson. So. I know two of those guys are sort of notionally signed, but they're fucking very good. They're good at rugby. Um, Ten's an interesting one. I don't know too much about the Parramatta guy, but he, he's a good he's a good player. Tom Curtis, good kicker, yep. good kicker of the ball. Um, depends what sort. Well, I like your guy. He's good. Good game manager. Belly. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got that same thing. He's got an English background, played England twenty, so he's got that sort of game management thing. Um, and then. You, for me, I like. I think both the Buries at North are good footballers. So um, Harry at twelve, he's a, he's a really really good footballer, man. He's he's just he's a, he's a, he makes a big difference when he plays and doesn't play. Um, but I like both the Buries. Um, I think probably Noxie gets a run at twelve, or in yep. the squad somewhere. Um, Clooney's Ross from Uni would be probably. You'd you know, have to have Waylo. You'd have to have Waylo in the outside back somewhere there. No, I didn't say that. Um, but Clooney's <laughs> Ross would be probably me the 13 somewhere. Um, and then, yeah, look, there's a lot of good outside back. So I think, I suppose the crux of the question is, I th- I think you could put together a fairly good fucking team um, to play any of the shoot shield franchise. I mean, any of the super franchises. I think they need they need a little bit of preparation. I don't think you could just put them together. No, you couldn't week. do it. You couldn't do it Australian barbar style and just have sort of the Thursday night dinner and thing. Uh, but also at the same time, I don't know whether any of the shoot uh, the super franchises would be that stoked about taking the game. I don't think so. Do you know what they're doing? Do you know what they're doing in Sydney? Uh, was that all of our questions? No, I've got I've got a couple more. No, but no, well, let's go through the questions. I was I was just going to say they're proposing a North versus South Harbour match. Did you know that? What's the? No, I didn't. But here's here's the thing. Here's a, and here's what's going to happen, and. The best team will not get picked, and it's exactly like when they used to do Sydney, city versus country. Um, the best team was never picked because, realistically, like if it's a game, if it's a one-off game, you want good representation from the 
different clubs to engage as many people as possible. And the reality is that... That just won't happen. It just won't happen. I mean, yeah. there's lots of guys who play first grade at you know, some of some clubs who the year before played third or four is a different club. So yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be a fine spectacle. But in it's terms a of, nice idea, but in I, reality, it's not going to be the best. No, I'll take it, I'll take yeah. it with an absolute grain of salt in terms of your selection. You know, I think it'd be cool. Um, but like you're, you're ultimately at the whim of, you know, for instance, like uni, like how many guys could they possibly take from uni or manly? Like how many, Guys, they're going to take from Manly before they say, "Uh, oh, we've got to slide some other people in here." So, you really uh, think through things, don't you? Yeah. Well, I just, I, I suppose it's a pessimistic view, but it's, I think it's also a realistic view. Um, uh, it is realistic. One because that's what's always happened. Anyway, sorry. Onwards. One we had was an interview of the South Board, which I don't think will be happening this week, <laughs> uh, or, but, e- or ever. That made me giggle. <laughs> um, who said? Who said that? By the way. Uh, I'll release. Don't don't name them. Don't name them. Um, very intelligent person, but clearly a smart ass. Um, is there and is there anyone playing uh, shoot shield right now that you think should be desperately playing Super Rugby? If Blake Shop doesn't get signed by a Super Rugby team, I give up because he's a Super Rugby prop already. He's fit. He's strong. He's fucking hardworking. And yes, I am definitely biased. But yeah. I know a lot. Of, I know a lot of Super Rugby front rowers, and he would fit in into any team. I think he. I think yeah. I agree. I mean, I think he. I think he will be doing that next year. But I agree. I. Uh, I use him as an example sometimes of people who I think, again, like last week, you look the part, you are the part. Um, I'm not sure. Otherwise, there's some very like there's some good, basically every team has a good back row of guys who could make the jump. Um, like Is Michael Isley signed next year? No, because to me that's just absurd. After watching some of the things that well, guy's done, biased declared. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm not biased. And yeah, I, no, I can say that. So he's a good example of what I try and warn guys about, right? And I suppose I fell into a similar boat where he he's going to need a coach who likes who likes him. So. An example of a person I give a lot is Lockie McCaffrey. So Lockie McCaffrey played Australian schoolboys, first grade at fucking 17, 20s, signed at the Tars, had Foley. Foley didn't like him because, you know, he's not a Biff and Barge guy. He, he got a bit of that later in his game, but he's not a Biff and Barge guy. He was a finesse eight. He had great link. He, he At Eastwood, he was doing fucking crossfield kicks. He was the, like, he's just so silky, right? <laughs> And then he moved to the Western Force and finally ended up at the Western Force and they didn't re- he didn't really like his style. And it took him, you know, five or six years to get to the Brumbies where the Brumbies went, you know what? I suppose we don't have to have a bash number eight. Like this guy's pretty got good ball skills. So like if you're on the outlier of what is a standard footballer, like if you're a guy who doesn't necessarily, like can do everything, but your main ingredient is like an X factor, I think you've got to have a coach who's willing to back that. And I don't think that's a regular thing. I just think how many coaches have ruined players by not sort of encouraging that. No, yeah, but like, yeah, I, I, I agree. But like, I, I think you've got to, with people like that, and Icy falls into that category. And there's a lot of, there's other guys who fall into that category. Like, I suppose, you know, even like Tristan Riley at the Tars or like, like guys who are, 
got their X factor is just extreme speed or the ability to pop up and score tries anywhere, they might not be as physical or as fucking dominant in carries or tackling. So you've got to be willing to accept that that's going to happen. Mm. But you also get a try for free every now and again. So, you know, I hate, look, he's unsigned for next year. And realistically, he needs a coach who's going to willing to go, okay, I like that. Like, let's take a chance there. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I like teams that have a bit of balance. And you have your workhorses, your tradesmen, and then you also do Yeah. You have to have balance in a team, I think. Yeah, and the team, the good teams in the shoot shield, like like Manly and like um, not so much uni, they're clinicals or shit, but the the good teams do have balance and they'll have those sort of X factory forwards. I think it's I think the ideal forward pack for me at the moment does have like a six or an eight who's can carry in the wide channels, has good ball skills. I, I think that that for me that that that's that's probably ideal. But it's not ideal for everyone, clearly. It depends on the makeup of the rest of your team. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. I just think it, I think it's proving beneficial. Whereas I look at Melbourne this year, and I think they definitely didn't have one of those people. They had a very obviously Tamati. Uh, he's a gun footballer, gun football, love him. But he's not one of those people. They play Wellesley in the wide channels. He's not really one of those people. Either. He's a hard running dude, hard worker. Brad Wilkins is one of those people. So you know they've obviously opted for more of a hard edge like you know to, I suppose tough is yeah. what they were shooting for so again you, if you're a player like that and the, the guys do exist like you get wide running hookers and you get all sorts of things you sort of got to wait as frustrating as it might be for a coach who's going to sort of trust that and like that yep yep no I agree I agree I think uh, I think it says more about the coaches than does the players um, the play, the coaches, the players that do not make it under certain coaches, uh, and then yeah, make I, it under under co- other I coaches. I don't blame. I don't blame the coaches necessarily. Um, I just think, yeah, you, you got to have that. You got to. You just got to have that sort of streak in you where you're like, yeah, no, actually, oh, I don't mind the fact. You know, I, I like that in a six, or I like that in a seven, or you know, I don't mind if my hooker runs a bit wide because he's fucking good at it. You know, rather than all right. Here's my idea of a hooker. Let's find him. Yep. Let things come to you a little bit. No, mate, I'm with you. I'm 100 with you. I can't uh, even remember what we started talking about. What what mate, what was it was, what was the original was, question? Is there anyone who's in, in the shoot shield who should be playing Super Rugby? Um, I'm going to say Blake Shop. Yeah, you said Blake Shop. Um, I honestly think that there's 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 too many to name in the respect that the difference for me, there's hmm, out of phrases. There's contracted guys that play week in and week out and don't play well. And are not objectively, if you rank them in their position, some of them wouldn't be top three. So the difference between the, the sort of top end of the shoot shield and the Waratahs is literally who ha- who owns the kit. But I think that like the back 10 of the Tars and the back 15 of the Rebels, you could interchange with, with the right people from the shoot shield or Queensland Premier Rugby and it would make no difference to your next day, to the next day work. It would make no fucking difference. 
Because I like I, I do watch guys week in week out who are fully contracted and go, well, he's not dominant. He's not he's not doing anything. Mm. So I, it, that's why it's a hard question where I can't just go. You know, maybe five years ago I could have gone Taylor Adams. He he's clearly the best player in the comp. But now I think like a lot of the third string guys from the Tars from the Rebels um, could be interchanged in a heartbeat. And I think you will see that. Like my, my reports out of Melbourne is that there's a fucking lot of people leaving. Uh, doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. Um, to cheer you up a little bit. No, no, that was good. I really enjoyed Johnny talking Depp, about all that. Johnny Depp won his case, bro. Oh, look, I know you're a big feminist and, you know, that's probably a slap in the face to your cause, but, you know... Good people do get what they deserve, and bad people get what they deserve occasionally. Well, the good news for everyone listening is I am about to go on a rant. Um, Finally. There was a <laughs> – I know. We've been waiting the whole year for it. So we've been waiting all episode. Obviously, did you see – did ye see the report in the Daily Telegraph of the TV and radio star Angie Kent who says – um, this makes a joke of the whole situation and will deter others from speaking up about abuse. I'm worried about future victims of violence not ever wanting to come out now. We have come so far now we have taken 400 steps back. So that's her interpretation of the outcome. But people lie. So why is that acceptable? Firstly, it was a defamation case. Secondly, Angie... The, the fucking era of equality, like whilst I think it's statistically less, far less, what, men can't be abused? Men can't be abused in relationships? Like Johnny Depp, from, from what you can tell, he's sort of like a very arty, like quiet dude, obviously has a drug problem, an alcohol problem, which he openly admits. But like, you know, you heard the recordings of her, like she's she's got a mean streak. Like, are you telling me that only it can only go one way, Angie. Like, are you going to tell me that you, Johnny Depp, a man, got abused by a woman? I said yes, I will. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So, look, unfortunately, that was a fucking awful article. Like, I would think that if you had any invested interest in domestic violence or experience it yourself, which is fucking awful, but too prevalent in society you would be supportive of someone who on the clear balance has been fucking the victim of some stuff, but no, of course not. So poorly thought out from her. And to be honest, I hope she well, gets is it. Is it poorly thought out or is it just a publicity attention grab from her? I would not even know who she was if she walked into my house, giving me food. No, I don't know. I didn't know who she was until fucking Jai Ayub sent it to me deliberately to either make me crash my car from rage or fucking blow up <laughs> on this podcast. And I yeah. chose I chose to do the latter. Um, so yeah, that was. You, that, that was can I ask you attention? Uh, attention. Can I ask you a question as someone who is qualified lawyer that works as a labourer? Camille Vasquez, awesome or not? Very good, very good lawyer. But I'm not just talking physically like you're talking now. I'm talking about the way that she asked questions and no, the way she, she, ran she, a, she ran a very she ran a fucking neat trial, particularly like if. It, your direct comparison for that trial was, of course, her representatives. Oh, they were awful, surely. Yeah. Were they awful? Like, yeah. But 
not all court proceedings have a Vasquez or a Rotten, like a lot more of them are Rottenborn, like Mr. Mr. Rottenborn. They are like her. Like they, you know, she she did a good job of sort of cutting her down and ripping her apart and cross. Um, so look, I don't know whether she's fucking look, put it, the, the reality is if he if he was whoever he's hiring is gonna be some of the top firm in the world. Um, and so she clearly, whilst young, is very, very good at what she does. You read this, please, Mr. Depp. I have other uses for her throat other than violence. Did yes. did, did, did I did you read that right? You did, Mr. Rottenborn. Yes, Mr. Rottenborn. <laughs> tell me to read it. Do you want me to read it again? I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. Um, there was a spanner I heard, I heard um, and it took me back to my own experiences. The guys who got the axes from Melbourne, so they got the marching orders. They then were told that they were doing like a two weeks of um, like visiting regional areas. And if they didn't afterwards, do it, yeah, and if they didn't do it, then like. Uh, rightfully they wouldn't, so get, they wouldn't get paid they wouldn't get paid uh, that kind of strikes me like some things I've heard this week fuck that's tough, isn't it though like I thought about yeah. it logically and I was like imagine like you've just been told like yeah look we're not going to keep you on for some of those guys they won't have gigs to go to then you've got to spend the next two weeks in a rebel shirt taking photos with kids signing autographs I'd feel like a fucking piece of shit it's like fuck you and the horse you rode in on I had to go back down when I when I didn't get renewed for the presentation night, and I I, I did I kicked back a little bit. I was like, guys, I, you had to go. Yeah, so I, I kicked back. Like I was like, guys, like come on, like things haven't gone great here, but like mm. I, I've got to fly to Melbourne to go to a presentation night. That like Lord knows I'm not getting what the place I got sacked. It's like best. going to the Christmas party of a place you didn't get. Yeah, renewed. so and and I was playing the next day, so I flew down on a Friday, went to the present night. All nighter, straight back to the airport. Nah, no drinking. Went there, left. It's a couple of hot ones. Got up at five a.m., few billies, and then straight to the game. But like, it just it took me back to that. Like, there's got to be a bit of like human empathy from the clubs when they when they when they're sacking people. Like, I know you're paying them for the next two months, but maybe that's just like a little bit human of goodwill. Empathy. What does human empathy mean? I haven't seen a lot of it lately. No. Oh, I promise I would promise I wouldn't say too much. Well, no, you haven't said too, too much. I will say you I suppose the, the coaching changes at South, and I did mention this to you. It got me fucking sort of more alert to the fact that clubs are clubs are hunting for their coaches now for next year. Clubs are hunting for their coaches for next year. Players are already being recruited. Well, uh, yeah, but hold on. The the cutoff date for recruitment is, is round eight. No, no. The cutoff date to transfer clubs is round eight. Yeah. See, again, interesting what happened this week. Yeah, it was good timing in that. Interesting, very interesting. But clubs for next year are already recruiting players. Yeah, of course, for next year. But you yeah. won't, you're not going to see any inter-club movement. You rarely do, but it, like during a season. From now, from now, you should not, no. No, but I suppose it just made me hyper aware of um, of clubs, I suppose, getting on the front foot for next year. It's very, it's kind of crazy to think about. Like, there's a lot of rounds left, but, you know, clearly boards and people are making assessments. And this isn't South I'm talking about. I'm just talking about, like, probably, you know, five or six, well, probably all the clubs. There's and, other clubs. You know, you know about that. And you've got, to, you've got to evaluate everything based on 
the 10 rounds thus far, whatever we've played, I can't fucking remember. And then recruit, like recruit coaches, recruit everything. And I suppose this is my first real time into it. But like, it's just, I don't know, it just snuck up on me a little bit. And I, I was just, it made me more, more aware of it. But it's, it's, kind, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, we're only halfway through our regular season. But where you going? Mate, I, I don't know. I, I, do, you want, do you want to take me with you? I haven't spoken to anyone. <laughs> at, the, at this point, I don't know if I have a job at Eastwood next year. So I, nice. it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I, I think we're usually pretty late to the party in, from what I gather in the past, but I don't, like, I, don't, I have no idea. So it's, it, it's one of those learning curves where I think, you know, I suppose when you're 21, you get an agent and you fucking you start learning about what happens and I'm, I'm basically a toddler again because I've got no idea how it works. Um, but, I, yeah, I have no idea where, what happened, where I'll be in a year. It's, it's pretty crazy to think about that. Like, um, but it appears that if, you, if people don't make moves early, they're left behind. They get left behind. So, like, absolutely. Yeah, it's fucking. Oh, Matt, I know a guy that's been approached by three clubs already this week. Yeah. Three clubs mm. for next year. Yeah. Like, I. I oh, can, four. Four, actually. Four. You can assert, like, you can get, you can figure it out if you're fucking smart and you go grab the ladder and have a look or, like, think logically but like yeah it's it's um i don't know i don't know what will happen but i i you know in an ideal world like i'm sure you had hope like you just get to stay at your own club and do things and enjoy it and but i don't know i don't know how the fuck that works i don't like i just don't know yet there's a lot that i don't understand my friend a lot well it's hard look i think the the be all and end all comes back to Clubs are run by the front office, you know, and I, the the but a lot in terms of the perception, the popularity, the success on field. I mean, that's all back office, and I don't think South would be the only club where there's a little bit of disparity between the two. But yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like I, I need to be. I shouldn't say that, but. Oh, you said it, not me. I'm no, no, no. It. I think I think that's a very general and fucking fair comment that I'm sure applies to a lot of people. But you know, when you're making decisions about coaching or day to day function, and you're not actually there or seeing it or talking to anyone, then it's like well, keep going. You've been very logical here. Keep going. No, well, I, look, I know that <laughs> I I'm, I wasn't a popular choice to be coached this year, um, but my only request in that was that they talk to someone about the year last year um and uh, that was it so uh, like i suppose my request was like that's fine talk to the players talk to the first grade coaches from last year just talk to someone to grasp that before it is the conclusion you know Um, that is also a very logical and reasonable request and you would think that anyone would talk to the people involved when they make decisions yeah I Anyone, would. if you're making hard decisions, you should ask everyone involved. Yeah, I mean, shouldn't, it's imp- shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't you? You should, but I, that's why I think <laughs> that's why I think it's it's yeah. I mean, so it, I don't think that's a, it's not necessarily a secret. It's not necessarily shade on anyone, but you know, it's just 
oh, yeah, it's it's you, you should be consulting. You should consult a lot before you before you make hard calls, and um, ultimately, whoever you do hire is going to determine sort of how you how you how your clubs proceed. You know whether you guys are winning, whether you guys are successful, but also whether the ninety hundred guys who are turning up every week in week out are happy as well. So, you know, it's it's um, it's interesting. A lot of, it's a lot of complex and uh, you know complicated issues go into running a club, eh? Yeah, well, I, was, I don't know. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about it this week because I I work at Barker now, and I, the, there's a fellow from South down there, Sportsy. Um, I, I, he's a really nice guy, and then the head of rugby there's a really nice guy, and they're both in, tied up with different clubs. Um, and it, we're just talking about you never know what you're getting, eh? Like you never know what you're getting. Like there's 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 fucking level four, fucking level five guys floating around coaching, and then you might get a hold of them, and they they couldn't coach their way out of a fucking tied knot. But then we've, also, might, we've all seen that. Yeah, but then you might get like yeah. a guy who's not even retired yet, who's who's fantastic, you know. So like. It, it, it must be very difficult, I will say, from an administrative perspective because you could interview someone who is just, like, perfect, you know, perfect CV, all the qualifications. Like, I'm going to have to do my fucking level three some point. The, like, all the qualifications, and then you get out in the field and they, they don't do anything or they don't do any prep or they don't do any review or they don't – I don't know. Or they, and you just go, ah, oh, fuck. So it's, it's, it must be a very hard thing to – um, to gauge if they, it'd be stressful for me if I was hiring the, the head coach or the forwards coach or the fucking backs coach of somewhere, I'd be like, how the fuck am I gonna know if this guy can do it? Yeah, I look. I kind of had a year as an assistant to mm-hmm. kind of fill fill my way into it, and um, you know, by by no means would I say I was perfect. I got some things to work on, as we all do. Um, but there was some, I, I believe, some good elements there as well. So. Well, that, yeah, yeah it's, I think that's probably the way. If you can have a year, it's like you were second grade, then you transition. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to do it. But the, the problem is, people don't want to do that. So I know, I know that there was people who interviewed at Eastwood this year who didn't want to do second grade; they wanted to do first grade. But you know, it, <laughs> what you're saying is right. Like, even at, I know this is like such a micro example, but even at Barker, I, I said to the guy, like, mate. I'll come down and do a session because you don't know if I can, if I'm a 100%. terrible bloke. hundred percent. So like, like we're sitting there and he's like, well, which days and which day? And honestly, it's been a great experience and they're a lovely school. It's a fucking lovely school. Um, but I said, mate, I'll, I'll fill in all the forms and get everything sorted, but I'll, let me come down and do a session because I could be, I could be completely shit. Yeah. Like don't, don't lock in something until, until you know what you're buying. So Which, that, that's very good advice. I, I might take, uh, I might follow your lead there. Well, I think, you know. I, but like, it's very hard. It's very, very difficult, I suppose, from an administrative perspective to be like, right, you're the prospective first grade coach for next year. We'll get you down to run a session and we'll observe. Like, well, how do you do it? You, you, you're hitting hope. Yeah. You're honestly hitting yeah. hope. Yeah, man, I get, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's, you know, obviously in your situation, you and Benny played together and, and you're good mates. So there's a huge level of trust there as well, built up over a number of years, you know, and he's, and you've kind of worked into the role in a really good way. 
I think. And if only everyone was as lucky to have that kind of transition into that role. Uh, lucky, you deserve it. Lucky is a bad word, but no, um, I, it's I a really good. St- it's a really good start to your coaching career. Oh, I agree. In my, in my I'm, opinion, I'm, I'm very thankful for it. But it come, it's a double-edged sword. I will say because because we we're good friends. Prior to that, it's like oh, it's a it's a short ball. You know what I mean. So it's almost perception. Perception. Yeah, you've got to prove yeah. your way out of that. So that's perpetually what I'm trying to do with the boys on field. Um, it's it's look, uh, some I, of the things I've heard about me this year have just absolutely. Well, that's what you know, I was. You know, I, I, well, I mentioned this to you the other day as well. Oh, sorry, time back. Ultimately, the only people I give a shit about are the players, and if they, as long as yeah. they respect the work that's going in, then I don't give a fuck. Um, but I was thinking about holy fuck, like. I've only been in this industry or whatever it is, whatever the fuck you call this thing for, you know, like two, a year Eight and a weeks. half. Yeah, a year and a half, and not a half. even. Like two fuck, half years. I wonder what sort of shit gets fucking, like the things you hear about different people. Imagine the slander that I must be oh, copying man. or you must be copying somewhere. I've, I've copped it. I've, uh, yeah. I'm going to write a TV show about this year. Yeah, I suppose the problem with that TV show is uh, as soon as you release it, I think there'll be six other clubs going. Sounds very similar to our TV show we're fucking releasing. Yeah. Probably a little bit more extreme. That's right. Um, Yeah, it always seems worse when you're in it. But You guys guys interested in a prequel? Um, But um, I'm trying to think. I've I've heard some horrendous things. I'm like, how did people get that perception of me? Like, it doesn't... Doesn't even make sense. So then you go, well, the people that know me well like me. So that's yeah, all. That- got, I think you got to stick. Oh, oh, when you're young, I feel like when you're like 20 or 21, you're always like, and I, used, I still see it now. It's like you're playing a decent play this week, and all the young kids will be like, he's fucking shit. He's fucking shit. And I, as you get older, you're like, he's not fucking shit. He's a good. I always player. thought everyone was good, better than me, even if I was better than. Oh, you know, you, you know. get those guys, and they're like, no, 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 I'll smash him. Like it'll be fine, but. As you get older, you realize that most of the guys you play against are good footballers. But I stand by the fact that almost almost everyone you meet will be a will be a good bloke. Um, there are outliers, and they're yes. rare, but they're fucking well known. Yeah. So when 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 they're not a good bloke, you know about it because everyone else knows about it. But Genuinely, still, reputations precede you in the way, playing. You still, still got to suss it out yourself, but like. Almost everyone you meet from every club, from fucking uni to fucking Penrith, to, well, is a good person in isolation, and that, that's why that was a, one of the best things about the sort of NRC sort of bullshit. Is that getting, was the best thing about NRC. Is bullshit. getting to meet those guys, yeah. Um, yeah. and and thin the comp out a bit in terms of the barriers. But yeah, no, the, I, I agree totally. And I if agree. you are if you are a shit bloke, everyone knows. <sighs> so don't stress because everyone already fucking knows. Yep. Yeah. I like to think that uh people get what's coming to them. Eventually it might take a while. But uh, I like to think that. Is that the THC vote? No. Um yeah, I agree. But like fuck. Yeah, I don't know what'll happen in the next couple six months for both of us, but I know my parents will be listening to this going, if you're not a fucking semi-reasonable fucking paid coach by next year, then we're cutting you off from the family because you can't be going gallivanting. You've done a deck. You've done a decade playing rugby and fucking failed, um, and now you're doing this effectively, starting all over again, uh, and living in a shanty. So, 
a four bedroom, <laughs> four bedroom <city. laughs> with a butler, with a butler. No, it's look very interesting, very interesting year. I've learned a lot. I think I've gotten better as a coach in some areas. I've got a lot to go in other areas, as we all do. But um, I want to keep doing it. And yeah, well, all the stuff that's gone on this week, out of respect, I'm not going to talk about too much. I think I've probably said more than I should already. Um, we'll talk more about it. Yeah, it's a bye week, baby. So uh, we can all take a step back and relax. I know I need this bye week desperately. Um, unfortunately, as I said last week, the bye week's now filling up a fuckload. Uh, we're training tomorrow night, but like in terms of, it's a great time for mid-season reviews and, you know, like some prep on game plans, tactics, launches, all that sort of shit for the next sort of two months. So, um, a bit of a reset, a, yeah, reset, a, of a reset of the game. So Change some things up. Yeah, I'm trying to get. I'm gonna try and get away this weekend. Are you gonna get away in the end or no? Yeah, I think we'll go somewhere. We'll go somewhere. I'm trying to book uh, somewhere for school holidays as well. Just yeah, right. uh, clear well, the air a little bit. Let things yeah. settle down. Well, I'm desperate to like even just. You know what I want to do? You know what I want to do? Sorry for interrupting you. I was like, maybe I should go out to Cowra for like a Thursday through to Saturday. Just do the Thursday session, help the team on game day and just do the bus trip or the home home game. Are they at home this weekend? I think, I don't know if they're playing this week, but I'll probably, you know, might have to wait a little bit. But Cowra Eagles, I know you're all listening. I'm very open to that. If they were Um, playing this weekend, I'd seriously consider going. Yeah, I'll... I'll, um, well, if you guys are listening, reach out to us. I know you'll be listening. If And just do a night up there. Oh, Jared, if you're listening, oh, can you go down to Barrel for a night? Yeah, I just want to get on the open road a little bit. I've never bit. been to Barrel. never been to I Barrel. I love Barrel. Barrel's on my, on my list. Maybe that's where we'll go if, uh, if Cowra is not on. Bar- Barrel's fucking great. It's full of rich people, um, but it's, it's, it's fucking probably why, you, probably why you like it so yeah, much. Yeah, I like being with my own kind. Um, but I, I'll save up. Sixty, seventy dollars, and head down there, maybe, to be confirmed. Fucking nice. Well, um, this was—I reckon—we'll get a few listens for this show for some strange reason. Yeah, as as Chubby said at the start, we'll um, it's not appropriate time for some things. So, if yeah, there is, if there is an appropriate, maybe there isn't an appropriate times. Maybe there is. We don't know yet. Um, but if there is, it'll it'll happen when it does. Yeah. Mate, uh, thank you for this week. It's been a, not the greatest week of my life, as you know. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm positive of good things will come from it all. And uh, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday. Maybe not today. Maybe not, maybe tomorrow. not tomorrow, but someday. The, the grueling bye week. So everyone out there, thank you for tuning in. Um, buy caffeine gum. Just keep buying it. I, I know we're keeping buying it. So um, all the super franchises are buying it. If you're not chewing it, then you're really not doing anything with yourself, are you? Um, oh, so, that's absolutely correct. Absolutely so, correct. Uh, one of my friends likes that soundbite particularly, so I'll shout out to him. If you're not, you chewing, don't chew caffeine gum, then fuck you. You're really not doing anything with your life. If you're not chewing it, so just go chew some. Um, please do do. If you're on Spotify right now or Apple thing, just go and click. Just go and give us a rate, give us a follow. Um, that'll help everything tick along, and uh, otherwise. We tell will. someone. Tell someone as well. Tell someone as well. Tell a friend. Yeah, tell a we friend. might, you know, hopefully Jed eventually quits all the things he's doing and we can do this every day. Yeah, oh, look, I'm trying to I'm trying to also do that. <laughs> all right. Well, um, let's uh, log off quickly. Hey.